You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Podcast Detroit. This is Liz Reed, your resident guru here with Liz Life Guru. That was head rush by Rocky Wallace off her new CD, Love Like Destruction. Um, today we have a heavy duty talk a topic we're going to talk about. It's suicide. But Julie, very my, important though. <laughs> it is very yep. important. This is Julie, my co-host, ex-patient and very good friend who has some detailed knowledge on this. I am a licensed LMSW and I'm going to be giving you details today about some of my patients, my time working on the psych ward uh, at McLaren Hospital in Lapeer County, um, the different case studies that I've gone through. We have a bunch of different knowledge about um, the medications that are good, the warning signs, what to look for, and practically how to handle somebody who you think might be at risk for suicide. Before we get to all that, I would just like to give a little disclaimer. Uh, the information in the podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional, which is me. But still, <laughs> we must read the disclaimer. Julie, how are you today, sweetheart? Doing great. I'm glad. Yeah, to could hear use that. some sunlight, but you know, you <laughs> this, can't have everything. This is Michigan. Right? We understand this, okay. right? All right? It takes a little while for Mother Nature to get it all together, and then it's just awesome, right? A, a Michigan. There's nothing like a Michigan day. A beautiful Michigan day. True. It's incredible, is true, it not? True. That's why I live out in the country. Um, I had to take my advice, my own advice, again this week. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. I don't like that when I have to take my own advice. It works, though. Yes. I, I have to admit to my audience that after a long time, after 40 years, a 40-year friendship with a friend on and off, I was living around the country, but I've spent like the last 13 years with her, we finally ended our relationship. Isn't that sad? Mm, it's it's actually not that sad because it needed to be done. But the thing of it is, is you know what I did that I tell my patients all the time? I didn't take my own advice. I didn't listen to who she was telling me who she was. Do you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? People tell us who they are, and we choose not to listen. And right. finally, after episode number two, I had to listen, and I had to end it. And you know what? I'll be better for it, and I think she will, too. I wish her only the best of luck and a great and happy and prosperous life. But, you know, it's kind of like a death. Oh, it's definitely. A yeah, oh, definitely. 40 years of like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the same people you grew mm-hmm. up, you have old war stories, all that kind of stuff to have that end. But people change and grow and get older. And I yeah. don't know, self care. You know, thank you. Exactly. That's exactly what that is. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. But today is a, um, a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. I have lost many people in my family and friends to suicide. Um, first, I'd like to say that my father um, was killed in a plane crash. I wasn't made aware until I was about 19 years old yeah. that potentially he had committed suicide. All the signs were there. 
Um, it's a long evolved story, which definitely I'll get to at some point um, in one of our other podcasts. I had a um, a lady that I worked with who committed suicide. She was my nurse practitioner. Wow. Okay, that one took me it took the legs out from mm-hmm. under me. All right. Um, if we can't notice somebody is hurting <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a mental mm-hmm. health facility, that's you know I. Wow. I well, I didn't know her that well. She hadn't been with the practice that long, but um, it really, really took my legs out from under me. I had a boyfriend, my first love in high school, committed suicide after I had broken up with him. It's not because of me. Mm. God, dear God, I hope oh, not. I keep thinking yes. it wasn't anything to do with me. But he did. He uh, asphyxiation in his car. I think it's important that we talk about the methods of suicide. You wow. and I have discussed that in the past. Uh, later on in life, I had another boyfriend who committed suicide. He shot himself in the head after we had broken up. Um, let me see. Several different friends. Um, I think I told you I grew up in Gross Point. Mm-hmm. A lot of trust fund babies there. Mm-hmm. They get cut <laughs> off or their drugs and alcohol, things like that. Yeah, that yeah. leads to uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. So it has been very, very prevalent. Um, my cousin committed suicide. Yeah, and my girlfriend, a drug overdose wow. of 40 years. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I know, right? That's a whole lot of loss in a lifetime. I have not experienced that. You're lucky. It yes. sucks. Yeah, yeah I can, well, I can imagine it's terrible fallout, yep. you know, long yep. term. Yep. But with all the jobs I've had, and I was telling you this before, um, my job on the psych ward, we call it a psych ward. This is not derogatory. It is short for um, psychiatric ward. Right. Which I always is what thought it, it was. Like, <laughs> yes. Can we say psych ward? That sounds yes. kind of... We can say well, psych ward. it is what it is. It's just short for psychiatric yeah, ward. right. So I was on... Uh, Floor two. Mm, okay, lockdown. Okay. That is one of my most favorite jobs I've ever had, actually. Wow. I absolutely mm. loved working with people that were suffering and thinking about taking their own lives or had attempted. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of really ugly stuff and I've seen a lot of promise too. Right. So that is the goal of our talk today that we, that there is life after suicidal ideation, yes. suicide attempt, yep. and suicidal thoughts when you think that there's nothing there mm-hmm. for us. Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time today on and all kinds of statistics because there's a bazillion out there that anybody can look up, right? So um, right. But one thing I do want to say, it, the, the first thing is that there's suicide and there's completing suicide. That means somebody has completed a suicide and ended their life. There's mm-hmm. an attempt. Also, people will attempt suicide. Uh, this can either be for attention or a failed attempt where they went about it the wrong way, didn't understand what they were doing and ended up surviving. A lot of people wake from this very, very angry. Oh, One of I my patients imagine. that I told you yes, about right. that you met the other day, mm-hmm. her name is Charlotte, and this happened with her. Then she became a long-term patient for me. And then there's suicidal ideation now. Suicidal, suicidal excuse me, ideation is something where you are thinking about it, mm-hmm. tossing around an idea, uh, formulating a plan, and possibly thinking that you might go through with it, okay? So those need to be determined and understood before people get to use a broad brush on what is exactly suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because we have a lot of kids these days that just kind of blurt it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my life. I'm going to commit suicide. You'll be sorry, right? That kind yep. of thing. Yeah. Um, I have a niece, her girlfriend's boyfriend committed suicide in front of her. He shot himself oh, while FaceTiming. Oh, Lord. After she broke up with him. Yeah. Oh. That was an ugly. That was, that was oh, bad. He was only 21 that. years old. Absolutely. That was just last year, I oh. believe. Um, the National wow. Institute of Mental Health is where I've got most of my statistics from, and they all vary depending on how the case study is mm-hmm. done, where it comes from. And how they uh, perpetuated the study, but it is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States, Uh, 47,000 
cases mm. per year and 1.400 million attempts. That wow. is a lot. Uh, wow. There's two times as many suicides as there are homicides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And we lose 20 vets a day to suicide. Oh. And this, these include, and I'm not exactly positive, 69% of which are ma- white males over mm-hmm. the board, um, some vets that have never even seen um, military combat. Oh, interesting. Isn't that? Mm. that? That There's something that needs to, we need to really look into that, hmm. right? Um, it's the second leading cause of death between kids 10 to 34 years old. I know yours said 15 to yeah, something that, um, where you got your documentation. Right. That is just staggering. Mm-hmm. And there are 129 suicides per day, mostly by hanging. Oh. And mm-hmm. one of the things we do know is that men are more apt to – white males mm-hmm. are more apt. Now it's gone – it's teenage males to – Aging male, white males, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they're, for the most part, um, they use bigger and better weapons. And that's yeah. why they are able to complete suicide. Right. Women, women use softer methods. Mm-hmm. And we also know that suicide is very reactional, right? Um, you can have, be having, a, you can be thinking about it for a long time and then have a really bad day and impulsive. Then, yeah. Impulsive. Right. And we just, uh, lose our canoodle and decide I'm doing yeah. it right now and this is it. And whereas women will use a lot, um, not to say that women do not complete suicide because many of them do. But they prefer poisoning, which right. or, or OD, mm-hmm. right? And you know, talking about this, I mean, I guess here's the the difficult thing. You know, weighing like, okay, if we talk about this, is this going to trigger someone? Or if we talk about it, is it going to help someone? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think you know, in in this podcast, our goal is yes to kind of do an overview, but yep. to really talk about how you can help people. You know, sure. stories of people who have overcome this, yeah. including myself. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Know? And normalize it. I want to normalize yeah, that's this. Tough, and it is yeah. because people mm-hmm. do not look at this as something that's ever going to happen to them. Oh, yes. <laughs> you can identify yes, with that, I, yes, right? Yes, I need to talk about absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yes. I, however, thank, mm-hmm. thank God. But we don't know what tomorrow may bring. Right. Have not had suicidal thoughts in my life. I'm mm-hmm. an anxious, I'm more on the anxious end of my family of dysfunction and disorders in our family. And there's suicide on the other part. I didn't, no. and, and suicide is also hereditary. Runs in families. Yes. Runs in families. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. And it's, and it, you know, it's, I don't, I, you know, and it's an interesting thing. Well, usually it's a mental health, health disorder that is carried down through another mm-hmm. family member. But it, I think it also has that connotation of, well, he did it. Maybe I will. Well, right. And everybody with, survived. Yeah. Same with celebrities. Mm-hmm. They, yes. they see, well, God, I thought they had this great life if, if they did it. Anthony Bourdain, my oh. God, he traveled the world. Oh. If he did that. That was a rough um, one for me. You know, that was a rough one for me as well. Was it? I felt like I was just finally coming out of the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just starting. And between him and Kate Spade, yep. there was a day where I was like, I, I wasn't feeling, I didn't, wasn't having suicidal ideation again. But mm-hmm. this little tiny thought was, wow, well, if they couldn't have handled, they couldn't handle yeah. it, um, can I? And then, you know, I just have to regroup. Sure. I say, you know what? And I say this every day, literally. I am stronger than my depression every day, you know? Absolutely. And, no, you that, know, we, yeah. how many people, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how many people do you think committed suicide over celebrities over this last year, over in 2018? 
I oh, think, gosh. God, I, I know, know there was at least something I saw around 16 very prominent really? people committed suicide okay. that you would know by name that that wow. had had committed suicide. Really? It was, yeah, it's absolutely mm. devastating. But, you know, you know, we had those series of musicians boom, 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 oh, okay. that were going. And then, you know, Anthony Bourdain. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, you know, he overcame heroin addiction, kind of finally settled on alcoholism and but he was doing, I don't know, it well, appeared to right, be fine. Right. You know, what do we know? I, I, But it's just, you know, it's so sad. It's the fourth leading cause of death from ages 35 to 54, too. Mm. That's amazing, isn't it? Oh, I I am shocked, honestly. I know. I, I did I know. not realize this. I, I know. Really didn't. <clears throat> I want to make another <laughs> distinction between situational depression and clinical depression. I think that's important before we really get talking here. Um, situational depression is something that should last up to and to the top of about 90 days. And that is something that is involved like adjust, adjustment disorder, depressed mood. And uh, this can uh, be contributed or happen through divorce, mm-hmm. death, job loss, things like that. This is where talk therapy is super important and helpful for somebody. This is a, your situation has lended to you feeling depressed. Okay, the, c- Circumstances within your life have led to you feeling bad, um, trauma, whatever it may be that has gone on in your life that has not been addressed or treated through talk therapy. Often, we will give the patients medication for this to help them over the hump, and then they don't usually need to go on for life with medication. But if they do, that's fine. But, um, but you know, for the most part, this is something that needs to be discussed or go through a grieving process, whatever it may be. Um, the other thing with clinical depression is um, if you don't recover from the situational depression, the clinical depression involves genetics and a chem- chemical imbalance within the brain. Um, this manifests as having anger outbursts, aggressive anger outbursts, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and this type of depression only can be helped through medication. Really? Yes. Oh. But also through mm. clinical depression, you also have to have talk therapy. You have got to have yes. somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that's why we mm-hmm. say they go together. Yeah, I guess it was an AA um, quote. Um, we are only as sick as our secrets. Absolutely. So talking. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, for me, it was extremely helpful. It was nine, I think it was nine or 10 months that I yeah. came in. And, and one thing, I came in every single week. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. we didn't, you know, uh, delve into a topic enough, it would be revisited oh, yeah. <laughs> the next time. Absolutely. So, um, just a little suggestion for therapy is try to have some continuity to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's you know that really helped me out a lot. Yeah, uh, and some of the things uh, that people feel when they're talking is that they do not want you to solve it. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for you to solve. Don't, I, mean, I don't expect you to solve this for me. I just want you to listen. Yeah, listen and tell me that I'm not crazy and that I should be here. Right. Know? Right. Um, that there's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, a, a lot of people feel shame. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I was talking to you about these types of feelings, I didn't feel like I was traumatizing you. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I talked to my family, yeah, good Lord, it was very traumatizing. <laughs> I do not sure. blame them. Yeah. You know, I yeah. was very, um, I was very vocal <laughs> about mm-hmm. my feelings. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone is like you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Very secretive and shocking. You always hear about, you know, oh my gosh, what? So and so committed suicide. What? Mm-hmm. I never thought they'd be the person who would do that. Mm-hmm. So you get a range 
Yeah, that for sure. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of symptoms for suicide. What do you have down there, honey? Risk factors and yeah, symptoms. Well, I mean, they're, they, right. they go across both, actually. Yeah, but. sure, sure. Well, risk factors, um, This well, none of them are surprising, but yeah. we'll just go over them. Um, so ongoing exposure to bullying. You know, my goodness, uh, uh, social media. Social media, going to kill us. I, I mean, thank God. I think this often. I honestly do. Thank you, God, that I was able to grow up without social media. Now, <laughs> of course, I mean, in some ways, yes, it does connect people. I mean, there yes. are, there's a good side. But let me tell you, if wow, there's a there's a rough side to it. There too. is a rough side. There My really whole entire is. reputation would have been ruined in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, without a doubt. Oh, my gosh. I was a wild child. I was not having sex with everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But I was out having a really good time. Not me. I was a mouse. Ask my husband. Oh, God, love you. Remember, I I had a crush on my husband, but I wouldn't in high school. You're one of those good girls. I wouldn't speak to him because I was too shy. Oh, my God. I was a wild child. I think I came out of the (laughs) womb saying, boys, boys. Yeah. I just had so much fun. I had a blast. Smoked a lot of weed. Too, but not anymore. Right. <laughs> Those days we're are clean. Long. We're clean. We're oh clean. my god, this is a clean, holy vessel. Right? There's herbal tea in it. That's about it. Yeah, no, yeah. no caffeine. Yep. Yeah, oh, except for when I do my Starbucks later. <laughs> well, of course, Addendum. your daily three three o'clock Starbucks. Absolutely, even you know that right? now, Julie. Absolutely, that's with hilarious. Cinnamon too. With cinnamon, yep. hey, no sugar. You oh, know, okay. Hey, okay, right. so that's a good thing, right? <laughs> anyway, we're we're yeah. not trying to make fun of uh, this oh, subject God, no. at all, but you know, it's no. nice to bring some uh, levity. levity to it. And yes. I and I was mentioning that to you um, in therapy. That, yeah, you know, my God, I'd have this doom and gloom, and then there'd be some I don't know out of the blue something we'd laugh about. And sure, I just think, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I can laugh. Absolutely. I can laugh and be sad. Absolutely. I told you this story mm-hmm. in the car when I was working on the psych unit and I would do group therapy. Oh, Everybody yeah. literally would be dragging themselves mm-hmm. into this room to sit down <laughs> with me. And it's, it's no, it's not funny. It's a hell of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would try to make some levity out of it, make a few jokes, um, talk, you know, just kind of chuckle around with them a little bit about this or that, about what was going on. And we'd end up laughing and laughing and people just always felt so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we can't laugh about this stuff, we're not going to do well. Right. You right. can't always be serious. It is what no. it is. It's a nightmare, you know, but we can, you got to be able to chuckle about it a bit. Right, right. You know how much humor's gotten us through a lot. Um, yes. Yeah, that helps Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So another death or uh, risk factor is death of a family member. <laughs> yeah. Another death factor. <laughs> Same thing, risk factor. Without a doubt. Um you know, that's not shocking either. No, it is not. Um, it, you know, it has this ripple effect. Grief can have a ripple effect. And um, so what goes along with this also is if someone close to you or even a co-worker uh, has committed suicide. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it just puts that idea in your head again that if they did it, you know, is you can something too. I could or they, you know, couldn't cope. I thought they could cope. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, that, they were always so mm-hmm. strong and if they can't, then right, what's it all about right. Alfie? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we right. have a couple of case studies with me from my patients Ooh, that we'll go over okay. later. That'll be helpful okay, great. with that. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, um, 
physical pain, disability, yes. uh, chronic. That's the hard thing mm-hmm. is to live with chronic pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charlene which, had all that chronic yes, pain. Yes. She was addicted to her pain pills, sure. and, which manifested into suicidal ideation. Yep, sure. That was a huge component mm-hmm. to her deciding to take her life. And she did a really good job. Oh my gosh! Really she was good, so job. Thorough. Oh my word! She yeah. had ev- she was going to uh, just in a, so you know what we're talking about. She had um, planned this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one day she was like, "I'm doing it today," and she uh, decided to go in the car, opened up the back of the car, was playing Enya, took all the safety <laughs> keys, everything, sorry. everything. It's not possible. funny, but the <laughs> Enya part. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to go out to Enya. I'm sorry. Just I. I might go out to Enya. You know, know, really? Okay. And not that bad. But anyway, so she liked Enya. So she was, you know, to each his own, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's journey is different. But she had um, taken all the safety keys so that there was no way anybody could get in. She and her husband did not sleep in the same room. Yes. So, and locked all the doors, had the emergency locks done, da, 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 da. And there was only one small window in the garage. And he just so happened to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and, and went in to, and she wasn't in there and had a feeling something was yeah. wrong and punched a hole through that little hole in, in, in the garage door. And they were the, before the uh, firemen got there and were able to save her life. And how right. did she feel when she woke up? Pissed. Correct. She was so angry. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was dealing with her on the psych ward. She was an angry, thin, little waif of a thing. God love her. You know, just just pissed off that she had woken up again. Sure. But now she's recovered and doing well and a very dear, close friend to me now and um, uh, ex-patient, sometime on patient, depending how we're doing. But I love her to death. And, and if, there's plenty of hope out there. Yeah. Yeah, and she did. We interviewed her yes. together, mm-hmm. and she did say that she does not think that way anymore. No, she does not. That, that even though she woke up angry, um, she did have the realization later that you know this is not what I want. You know, and this is not what my family wanted. Yeah. Wow, they really, they love me more than I even realized, and mm-hmm. you know, my life matters, and and. Absolutely. You know, she found some solutions to helping with the pain as well. Absolutely. And uh, for her, it was medical marijuana yes. that I got her. Right. I got her to start using medical marijuana. I might as well have been offering LSD right? okay, <laughs> or heroin or something because everybody was like, what? You oh, know, I'm like, please. Oh, please. Wouldn't you rather she was using a vape for medical marijuana to stop the pain oh. than stuffing Norco in her face every day? Or dead. Let's, or, or dead. I mean, what, sorry. What is she, this is your, and you know what? By the way, I had to do an intervention with her husband been about six months in when she started sliding again oh okay because he didn't want to get the weed because he oh. was worried about the okay. this or that or what people are going to th- you mm. know and i said what would you prefer mm-hmm. that she die or not but what did we talk about in the car you have to make positive moves towards change so if you have these depressive thoughts if you have suicidal ideation if you have made an attempt and and you start thinking this way again that means you didn't make any changes mm-hmm. from your prior thinking thinking thoughts and True. feelings right because the pink cloud starts to fade and if you haven't made any changes it builds up again mm, definitely mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yep. mm-hmm. um some of the symptoms also right julie listlessness withdrawn agitation lack of joy worthlessness um lack of conscien- concentration weight loss weight gain not mm-hmm. sleeping that is a key one the not sleeping okay were you not sleeping for you any know, lengths of time it's strange i I slept fairly well, mm-hmm. um, which is odd. You know, it, 
you know, like you were always asking, well, you know, you didn't think about drinking or escaping or, you know, yeah. and I think because I knew that I generally slept and I think that was partially due to uh, medication I was taking, which mm-hmm. they, at, you know, had me take in the Good. evening was Remeron, Rem- which is an antidepressant, but it's also helps you with sleep is I was kind of like, okay, you can make it through the day because you know for a while you'll get a relief and that you'll sleep. So yes. thank God for, you know, fortunately I was able to sleep, but I lost 20 pounds. Did you? Um, yeah, I was down to, oh, well, 108 pounds, mm-hmm. which I am not currently. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah. And I, I was definitely, um, I would say my main symptom was hopelessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worthlessness, Complete. hopelessness. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and I never, ever previously thought of my l- life as worthless. Mm-hmm. But here's the reason why I did. I mean, I feel like I've always had good self-esteem. But what happened was when I was depressed, I felt completely disconnected from my life. Like I was just like a stranger looking in on my life. It was yeah. the most surreal thing I've ever experienced. And if someone would have explained it to me before I went through this, I'd be like, oh, yeah, really? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, it's It was like being hijacked. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. So what led me to feel like my life was worthless is that I was not present. I was not living my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, like... I was already gone. Like, yeah. what, what do I yeah. have to save? I, I can't, I have no control. Another thing, no control. I yeah. zero, felt like I had zero control, mm-hmm. which truly traumatized me. That's disassociation due to... It, it was uh, yeah. surreal. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're, you're from the out, you're like behind your eyes. Honest to God. Yeah. And everything's going on out there and everything's kind of like... Whoa, 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 it whoa, is whoa, just whoa, surreal. Whoa, 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 whoa. And yep. I do want to add this, and I mm-hmm. mentioned this, you know, in the earlier podcast, but yeah. I want to stress this, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. I've been a very stable person, <laughs> okay, for most, for really all of my life. I have Practical, had some good bouts of depression. Sure. Okay. Um, did I ever see this coming? Absolutely not. So I'm not trying to scare people out there, but, you know, just to have a little awareness to think, you know, if if I find myself in a really difficult place, you know, what what would I do? Who would I reach out to? Yes. What are some things I could think? And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Some some ways of thinking to, to try to cope with this and to try to get you out of that spiral. Absolutely. So. Well, and you know, so when we talk about clinical depression, one mm-hmm. of the one of the ways that we go into clinical depression also is having an untreated mental illness such as bipolar disorder. Yeah. So bipolar disorder can be affiliated bipolar 1, bipolar 2, it can be associated with depression, psychoses, mm. um anxiety, D all the uh, above our good friend Douglas Block, his is associated with anxiety with yes. small degree of psychoses in there. So that needs to be treated with psychotropic medications. Okay. Antidepressants don't work there. They don't work there. Oh, you, um, okay. sometimes, uh, I, I, when I was doing this study, they were saying something about, um, if the psychotropics, uh, they're to handle your mood swings and stabilizing your mood and re, um, connecting your neurotransmitters, fulfilling those areas where you're lacking, like, and which is uber important to keeping you steady and focused instead of, 
overly reactive. Okay, okay sure. that's where the agitation comes from. That's where the aggression comes from. That's where the anger comes from. So we'll see somebody. So what you have to remember with somebody with severe bipolar mixed with psychoses or whatever it may be, one minute they're sitting here with you and I and we're having a good conversation. Everything's, you know, hunky-dory. Mm. And then you say, you know, you can't, um, I know I don't want, I want that Evian bottle. You can't have that. And they can go right into a tailspin. Really? This is something that will set them off and make them really lose their canoodle, start screaming and yelling. Another thing is certain people with bipolar disorder have delusions, hallucinations that go along with their psychosis. So now we get a whole host of things that are going on along with depression. Mm. So, uh, So why wouldn't suicide be something that they would be considering? Because think about what's going on within their head within their brain. And this is something I wanted to mention. There's an outstanding documentary I've watched twice. I just watched it again. It's called Boy Interrupted. It's on HBO right now for free. It is an outstanding documentary about a young man at the age of 15 who took his life due to his bipolar disorder and how his his parents were uh, had wealth and they were documenting everything about what was going on with him. So they took home movies all the time when people didn't used to and now oh, he died okay. in 2005. Yeah. And so um, it just documents everything that he went through and how in his eventual death and what happened and they used every resource they had they had feasibly possible and still he ended up taking his life and i'm going to mention the reason why was the reason why everybody ever ended up back on the psych unit is he stopped taking his medication right and his parents believed him that the side effects were worse than the than the cure okay and um they could see him going downhill, getting more depressed, getting more reclusive, getting a little more mm. agitated, yep. withdrawn and pulling back. And they frantically got an appointment in the doctor and said, oh. no, this isn't working. We need to get him back on the lithium, Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And it was too late. He had a fight with his mother and he ended up taking his life. And mm. But anyways, it is an excellent documentary that will really give you more insight into just how debilitating bipolar disorder can be. And one more thing I wanted to mention about that is you have to figure that somebody who has bipolar, who is seriously suicidal, even if it's situational or if if it's chronic depression, whatever it may be, there's 400,000 things going through their head all day long, all mm. night long, all day long, all night long. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the hours, right? Oh, yeah. How am I going to get through the next hour? Right. How am I going to get through that next hour? Right. There's so much going on up here. I can't stop mm-hmm. thinking. So people have to have empathy for that. And their emotions are 25 times harder than ours. Right. So please don't say brush it off. (laughs) Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Right. And what I wanted to convey, too, was oh, my thinking was just so distorted. Yeah. I was not thinking rationally. Uh, Nope. and, And you know what? Let me tell you this, too. Here's a misconception. I wasn't sad, per se. Mm hmm. Um. I just had such distorted thinking in that I've lost my life. I have no control over my life. I'm not the person I used to be. How can I possibly bounce back? Because every day is the same and it never gets better. However, I will add that it got better. Obviously, here I am doing a podcast. Yes. Yes. So I think what I was experiencing, though, was... um, that I had this timeline in my head, mm-hmm. like I this has been going on for four months. I'm just totally effed. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. every day's the same. Yeah. Yep. So I I became a little more patient mm-hmm. once I I did make a definitive decision one night. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? This is not an answer for me. 
And um, and then I said, well, what are what am I going to do? What are the steps? Yeah, I I am solely responsible. Of of course, I leaned on other people and had help and resources and therapy. Sure, but really, it was up to me. Um, and honestly, since that day, I have not felt suicidal. It has not. It's not an option. It's not a, a something I look to or like think of it as an an escape. Even. And that's what we want everybody yeah, and, to know out of this entire podcast today that you can recover from this. Right. And like I said, you know, I know we joke about it, you know, like that I was at rock bottom. Yeah. But I was at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I camped out at rock bottom. Yeah. You know, and I was so bad (laughs) that I was, okay, I don't want to exist in this world. Oh, my God. What if I exist, have to exist in some other plane or realm or heaven or, you know, and still have to deal with this? I wasn't worried like consequences like going to hell and being punished, but I thought, oh my God. Sure. What if I still have to exist? Yeah. You know, I didn't want to exist anywhere. Okay. At all. And currently I have a productive, meaningful life. Okay. You do. I wouldn't have believed. You know, no, but what looking did you into do? a crystal ball? Absolutely, you know. But what did you do between your first depressive episode and your second depressive episode? Your first depressive episode, as we were talking, you didn't change much. You didn't change much about right, your life, your circumstances, right. and I things didn't. that were going on within your life. So then, when the second one mm-hmm. came along, you're like, "Where's this coming from?" Oh, yeah. But that, but you learned a valuable lesson. You were like, you put your, you stuck both your feet in it and said. Something's got to change. Yes. Because just sweeping it under the mm-hmm. carpet and hoping to God, uh, you know, I'll come, go in and out of depressive episodes and be and survive them forever right. was not an option for you. Mm-hmm. You fought for your life. I would say one of the main things, and you helped me with this, is I got my voice back. Mm-hmm. You know, and at first I think my husband was a little thrown by it, like, <laughs> well, Dad, you, you're being kind of difficult, <laughs> you know, lately. What's up with this? And um, I just really learned to be brutally honest. Yeah. And have a voice. And even with some friends of mine. As sure. Well. Exactly. You know, I just really stood up for myself. And yep. I reopened my business. And let me tell you, I mean, I don't know, I guess this is odd to say, but honestly, I am proud of myself. Where I'm I, proud of I you. I am. You know, and yes. anyway. You've done a great but, job. But the point of me being on here is not to be like, oh, pat myself on the back. It is to tell you, honest to God, if you're in the place, you know, and in this dark place, it, it can turn around. I, I don't, I can't tell you the timeline. No. I don't know. Nope. You know, I can't tell you that. But I, I do have faith that it will. Yes. You know? And, but every single person I talk to, every mm-hmm. single thing we've read, every single case that we've handled, everything I've done with the patients on the unit have said, if you work at it mm-hmm. and you fight for it, and it's, by the way, not that hard to fight and work at getting a better state of mind, a healthier right. state of mind where you yep. feel good. Um, it's just keeping up with it and not going under the delusion of, oh, I'm feeling so great right now. I don't need my meds anymore. I don't need anything. You wouldn't say that if you had diabetes. Right. 
Right. And then people wonder how they slide backwards. This is with like bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, they people that don't treat their depression, it will manifest and go into these other horrific psychotropic uh, medication needing um, disorders that can only be handled that way. And I think I was telling you before, every time we get somebody to baseline, which is their highest functioning Mm -hmm. level right on their medication, every time you go off your meds, we can't get you back to that same baseline. Wow. What? Yeah, Why I wish you could. It's something to do with the neurotransmitters, which is way beyond my focus okay. of knowledge. Okay. I would have to ask um, another huh. psychiatrist but that I have worked with. I'll ask her about that, actually. She actually would like to be on our show. Oh, She's okay, moving to great. Virginia, um, and she gives me a lot of insight. She's also a good friend now. But we just can't get them back to where they were functioning at their highest level because you just kind of do some kind of damage I don't, that just doesn't bring you up to where you should be. So yeah, right. It's very unfortunate. But why do you think uh, um, suicide rates are so high in so many different countries, like Lithuania being one of the ones, the highest ones? Oh, Lithuania? Uh-huh. Um, economics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, economics okay. is a huge thing. Lithuania... Russia, Guyana, uh, Korea has a huge one. Oh, Poverty okay. is huge. Number one cause of death of the elderly in Korea because oh. they can't take care of themselves and they don't have any money. Really? Poverty. Oh, yeah. Wow. Lack of jobs. Like you said, economics. Here in America, it's more money, social media, and peer pressure to be the best. Because, right, mm. it's not good to be... A millionaire, it's, you got to be a billionaire right, right now. You got to right. have your little McMansion, even though you can't furnish mm-hmm. it. You've got to put up your fake book and show how great your kids are and how great you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And you have to own your own business and then some. Um, this is, you know, an issue that I've had with some of my friends from Gross Point, namely the one that I'm not talking to anymore. I didn't have a trust fund. So that makes me just a little less than her. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. the, the money that you make is more meaningful and valuable. That, sure. You know, that's how I feel. Sure. Well, she's miserable. I mean, so money doesn't make you happy. Yeah. We all know that, right? Money right. does not make people happy. Well, yes. Listen to our happiness podcast. Oh, and I did yes. want to add something. Um, the The first podcast we did, I, I really went over some of the steps that I took to get over my depression and some pivotal points. Yeah. And we don't have time to go over that. You know, we want to focus more on you know the suicide issue mm-hmm. um but you know you, you might want to revisit that if you're having issues with depression yeah absolutely mm-hmm. we'll touch on some of that ep- right should i talk a little bit about some case studies right now or what do you want to do well, next I, I wanted to just say that um you go girl 50 to 75 percent of those considering suicide will give someone a friend or relative a warning sign Ooh, and yeah. so the people ignore Right, right. Or they poo-poo um, it off. And so w- when this happens, you know, how how should people deal with this? How should people deal with a suicide friend or relative? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most people don't know what to do, which yeah. is understandable. I mean, it's again, it's not something we really talk about. So um, I thought we could go over first um, what not to say. Sounds good to me. Okay. So, um, of course, you know, I... I I struggled with this one um, for myself, feeling like, you know, my suicidal ideation was really selfish and I was feeling some shame and guilt. Yeah. But please don't say that to someone who <laughs> they're already feeling badly enough. Yeah. You know, um, and they're not feeling selfish. All they want is an escape, a break, 
from their pain. Mental because pain. I will tell you, and I don't know why this is. Yes. Mental pain is very all-consuming body, mind, spirit, soul. Yep. It's very constant. Yep. And also, when you're in, you know, such severe emotional pain, you don't see a future. Whereas, say you're in physical pain and you've had a knee replacement, okay, and you're in a lot of pain. I had one of those. It was horrible. Okay. Oh, my God. However, let's say, you know, you're going to – you may have planned a golf date um, eight, ten weeks Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Knowing – that there'll be some healing. Sure. So I just want to... There's an end point. Right. I just Mm want to convey that that, um, mental illness is is really complex and confusing. It is. However, again, there are are steps, you know, to come out of it. But Mm -hmm. another thing... um, Wait a minute. I got to say something on that thought process right there. Mm -hmm. Um, As a therapist, as a a human being, I think I couldn't be this. I'd be a therapist if I wasn't a compassionate human being, a good yeah, therapist. Right. I want to say something, and this is not right to say, but there's a lot of shitty therapists out there. Uh, well, yes. okay. I'm just going to point agree. that out because I've had them myself. Because mm-hmm. I'm not in this business for no reason. I've been there, done it, been through it, mm-hmm. and that's why I wanted to help other people. And one of the number one things people, and it took me forever to find the right therapist, uh, okay. Sylvia Hernandez. I love you and owe you my entire life. I love oh, you more than nice. world itself. She's in Arizona. She did. Uh, she was so good to me. And you know what? She was like me. And I, and like I am with a lot of my patients, compassionate. Mm-hmm, you are. so. Thank you, sweetheart. You so are. many people all just a hug. Mm-hmm, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Right. I understand. Tell me. Just tell me. And they would cry and just feel better just because somebody actually gave a shit. Right. Honestly. <laughs> and without the judgment, yes, you know, zero and, judgment. You know, so other things not to say. Uh, or d- did I already go over this? There are yeah. there are other people who have it worse than oh, you. Oh yeah, um, starving children in Africa. Yeah, that's just not helpful no, either. It because, doesn't help. Um, you're in severe pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you have no reason to feel like this. Now, this was a huge one for me because sure. this ran through my head. This is yeah. one thing I would say to myself, mm-hmm. which just took me down. Yeah. You know, I, sure. you feel the way you feel. I've you got know. beautiful kids. Right. I've got a great oh my home, God. a and good husband. How selfish and what is wrong you know, with me? And that made me, <laughs> the fact that I have a good life and so many people, you know, love me actually <laughs> made me feel worse because yeah. I couldn't engage. Like, again, looking in on my own life, very surreal. But um, there's no rhyme or reason, Julie, to depression. True. There's well, no, well, I, you know. Yes and no. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, there, right. you can't, you, it's subjective to the human mm-hmm. being. True. Okay. True. So my right, reality, right. my reality of my life is, you know, okay, so I can't pay all my bills. That's why I, I my, it started my depression. Let's say that were the yeah, case, right? right? For you, yes, I'm doing well. Everything's great, but I'm still depressed. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying it's subjective. It's, right. There is no, no, if you, if, if this is happening in your life, then this, you're going to be depressed. We can't determine that. It's because right. it doesn't have have a 
True. Doesn't have an end or a, a beginning. There is no happiness no. equation per se. No, nope. it's, it's all based on the person, right? Uh, other things not to say. Are you doing this for attention? Mm. Although you Women did do. mention sometimes people do. Sometimes people do. Yeah, that was a, um, a case um, that I had on the unit one day that was really intense. This gentleman had attempted to hang himself mm. in his pole barn, oh. and he wanted to do it. He wanted he planned it out so mm-hmm. his wife would come home. He really mm. didn't want to do it. He just couldn't get his point across or he – I think he had actually been cheating and wanted her back. Some ridiculous thing like this. I don't know what he was oh, saying. Goodness. But anyways, my, my nurses said to me, Liz, okay, so-and-so is here and uh, he's kind of hard to look at. I'm like, what? Are you, what's going – tried to hang himself. Well, and not really. He was just doing it for attention, but she didn't come in the barn in time. Oh, So he God. was hanging there and couldn't get his footing back and he did almost die, which oh, does happen. Gosh. And I want to tell you, Julie, when this man turned around, every single blood vessel in his oh. eye and face was broken. So, you know, you see those spooky mm. movies where their eyes are black oh my all the way through into their um, whites of their eyes and everywhere. It, I, I almost screamed. I mean, it scared the <laughs> hell out of me. It was unbelievable. I said, you'll never do that again. He's like, well, yeah, I guess no, right, that wasn't right. a good idea. Yeah, there are attention seekers. I mean, yes. there's a few exceptions, but I mean, that's not a good way to no. approach this. No, no. And also, I mean, this is tough because you may, you probably will feel shocked, you know, but that's that's not what the person needs you know they mm-hmm. they don't need you to be all shocked and and just <laughs> questioning you lecturing you yeah don't make them feel guilty um yeah more about normalize it you yeah. know even if you are shocked even if it's blowing your mind regain yourself take a deep breath and say okay we can fix this yeah, yeah. you know calm yourself down as best you can right but right. It, this isn't about you it's about the person who's suffering Mm-hmm. So don't make it about you and what you're doing exactly. to me and your father. Right. Look at what you're doing right. to your children. Look at, oh, my God, That's... I can't believe you. They don't need more yeah. guilt. And then I love this one because this was after, like, I think uh, some teenagers were interviewed and they mentioned that someone posed the question this way. And uh, it was, are you going to do something stupid? Yeah. Okay, really? That that's no way to start a a, com- a dialogue or conversation. No, it you is know, not. You're already labeling them. Yeah, you know, and it is traumatic. I mean, um, but I have to say, okay, without tearing up completely. Mm-hmm. Yes, that um, my family and my friends were amazing, and they were help. You know, so supportive. Yes, and one thing that they just did for me, which I so appreciated, was they just sat with me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they they were just there with me. In fact, one time my mom was in her bed reading and I just climbed into bed with her and she could just I was, you know, it was a bad day. Yeah. She did not say a word. Yeah. She just rubbed my hand. Aw. You know, felt like I was like a five-year-old again. But honest But you God, were a five-year-old she, again. There were just no more words at that no. point. So you, thank you to my family. Thank yes. you. You saved my life. Oh, for sure. They they did what they could, and it, they and did. thank God it was the right thing. Yes, because I know um, your husband is a man of few words, but the few few you always <laughs> say that I'm going to disagree with that. Okay. However, but I, I will with him. <laughs> I will agree with you that he is an engineer. Yes, they're not so, so emotional. Um, yeah, he was. 
thank God he understood. Yeah, they just somehow. aren't the most emotional group of people out there, right? I think we should get to a couple of these case studies yeah, real yeah, quick. Yes. Um, yeah, it, I don't got. We're going to run out of time, Julie. I know this? we're going to run out of time. Um, yep, okay. I wanted to mention a couple of different people and why they felt suicidal and what they did about it. Um, one of my uh, study, or one of, no, it's not a case study. Yes, it's a case study, but it's also a patient of mine. We'll call him um, Aaron. Um, he was an atheist. Mm. And, um, oh, by the way, I must mention that they say that people who have a spiritual, deep connection, spiritual background, not exactly attending church, yes. but a spiritual connection, are less likely to commit suicide um, due to their connection to God. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. I see that. Hey, anybody needs whatever you need mm-hmm. to survive in this world is a wonderful thing. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with being connected to God and right. Mother Earth and and the good, wonderful things in this life, right? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. So he was an atheist and thought he had it all figured out, like a lot of our young adults do. He's a young man. He's approximately 27 years old. Um, and he became negative. He lost pleasure and everything. He worked in a nursing home that mm. was really depressive oh, and, and people were dying all the time. Um, he could, he wasn't around like-minded people. There was a lot of complainers, a lot of people giving him, you know, that were like, yeah, this is a nightmare. This is bad. Things aren't going well. Uh, you know, that kind of negativity. So it went on for about four to five years and he surrounded himself with this. So in order to put a bandaid on it and feel better, he chose drugs and alcohol. Mm. Okay. So drugs and alcohol are a quick fix for the first <laughs> half hour and then it right. turns into a depressant, which it is. And it, that just made everything worse. Mm. everything worse and so um he got into some abuse you know physical self-harm oh wow. things like the like that and um he had been thinking about taking some you know he, he went to his doctor said he wasn't sleeping so and so forth they put him on ativan and ambien okay ambien's like a deadly crazy drug it's not a good one oh to be my on gosh. for sleep i have stories. My my husband was on it at one point before we were married and thought people had broken into his house and were cooking in his home. And it was him getting up in the middle of the night. You you get amnesia so bad from Ambien that it's dangerous. Or drive around. People drive. I've heard that. Do all kinds of crazy stuff. But then he started having blackouts from that. He was constantly, you know, wondering what the meaning of life was. uh, What was he looking for? Who am I? What am I? What am I going to do? And um, so one day he had a bad day, decided to sit down and cut his carotid artery. Oh, good Lord. Plunged a knife into his neck, did a nice deep gash into it, but didn't completely sever it. And it started clotting, oddly. And uh, that was his one and only attempt. They took him to the hospital, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And I met him later on at Rose Hill. Okay. uh, Where I worked for quite a while for severely mentally ill and addiction. And um, then he started to really... Look into what is creation? Why are we uh-huh. here? What are okay. we doing? What, what is what you know? Why am I What's still here? Yeah. What is the meaning of this life? Um, he started having a lot more empathy. He got out of um, the job he was in, got into something more positive, started working out more, which wow. the big E word I'm always talking about. Yes, you know, I, I'm trying to do yes, that. Yes, <laughs> he started working out more. Uh, and then he was really um, sorry that he had attempted or tried mm. to take his life and found a deeper connection and a meaning to life. And now, those thoughts don't even cross his mind. Wow, that's whatsoever. Great. So yeah, I'm not saying it was a good thing, but it, it almost on the other side gave him a little more clarity, kind of yeah. like with me. Yeah, you know. Yep. So there was a lot of situational things going on there yes. for him okay. um, that were very difficult for him to hand uh, for him to handle. Um, I have a um, someone else that I was working with also that was dealing with a lot of problems. We'll call him Kenny. Mm. 
Um, he has a biological component to this. It mm. is untreated bipolar disorder, which doesn't get any better. It only gets worse. Um, he started with self-harm after a bad breakup. Um, then that turned into alcohol and drug abuse. Um, but then his spirituality, he, you know, he'd taken pills, he had overdosed a few times, things oh. like that. But his spirituality about actually sitting down, making the plan and going through with it, um, and how it would affect others mm-hmm. kind of stopped him. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he really thought the strength of his family was super supportive. And I work with his mother also, and she is extremely supportive and deeply connected to him and loving to him. And, um, that has been his strongest, uh, ally. He has also a long history of sexual abuse at the oh. hands of his brother. Oh, good Lord. That, okay. Uh, I know. Right. It's terrible. That was podcast number two. Yeah. <laughs> that was, thank to. you for mentioning that. Yeah. Um, also, um, we'll just talk briefly about um, a, another patient that I have, her name, and we'll call her Monica. Her nephew committed suicide, but he was a burn victim. If a friend set him oh. on fire when he was 14, oh. he had scars and so forth. Oh. He was in the military, and um, he was losing his eyesight years later. Oh, good Lord. Untreated depression. He needed to be on meds to help mm. cope with what life might throw at him next. Yeah. Found out he was losing his eyesight. He had a three-year-old baby, three-week-old baby, and found out that he wouldn't be able to re-enlist in the military and shot himself in the head. Oh, no. And he was the most sweet, upbeat, nice guy you'd ever want to meet. You'd never, ever think, you know, that he would ever do something like that. Mm. But, um, you know, that was his situation and he was depressed and he wasn't reaching out for help. And that was a one way ticket to hurting wow. himself, which is so sad, it you is. know. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about treatment before we have to go. Yes. What do you say? Well, there's many mu- drugs out there for it. Well, yeah. Ketamine, you, you, we'll talk um, about that. You have, the mo- you know, most of the information on the meds and all that. Um, but, well, we've, I mean, we've touched on some of the therapy, of course, reaching out, yeah. kind of talk therapy. Um, and I know that sounds so vague, right? People are like, you know, reaching out. Yeah, yeah that's that's <laughs> true. That is pretty generic. Yeah, that yeah. means that reaching out means like going to your favorite trusted friend or family member and saying, hey, I have I need to talk right now. This is really serious and I need you yeah. to talk with me. Right. And you can't promise that you can't make them promise to keep a secret. Yes. Because they're fighting for your life. Correct. Right. Correct. So there's and then the other thing is, is look for a therapist. Yes, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a while to find a good therapist, but you can do it. It mm-hmm. takes some time. Right. Julie, I'm, you had. Poor sweet, what was her name? Don't you don't have to say oh, her name? Oh yes, I had a, another therapist. Joanne. We'll call who, her. Who? God who love was her. Was very, very, very nurturing. Yes. However, <clears throat> she didn't call me out on stuff like certain people I know. Not me. You know, like kind of the tough love thing. <laughs> yes. And I, I felt like I wasn't making progress. Mm-hmm. So, so well, you know, and I, I had seen other well. I'd seen one therapist. I asked her if she'd ever been depressed, and she said, I am not at liberty to discuss my personal life. And I thought, oh, my God, I feel like this tiny little nothing. Absolutely. Like, you know, and you're on this pedestal, really. Sure. You're not at my level. So that's really important to well, find, find someone who's 
When somebody's telling me they're depressed enough to kill themselves, right, so right. their lives are so bad, they're in right. there and sobbing every day, I'm not worried too much about telling you the truth. Yeah. Because isn't that why you're there? I'm not trying to hurt you. No. I'm trying to help you. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, people don't want to hear the truth. Oh, this, isn't that a Tom Cruise movie? Yeah. But it's the <laughs> truth. They don't want to hear the truth. Yes, right. Um, but You it's, can't handle the truth. You can, Thank you. You can't yeah. handle the truth. But it's more about, you know, what's helpful. Yeah. You know? This because often when we're in the middle of this nightmare, we don't see what the hell's going on. Oh, right. <clears throat> we don't of, even know. Mm-hmm. That's La- why an outsider is important. Lack of perspective and not being isolated is huge. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. So some of the drugs that actually do help, okay, is lithium. This is a mineral within our own bodies that mm. we do pr- produce. So bipolar disorder and depression will reduce mania. <clears throat> excuse me, suicidal ideation and mood swings. And a lot of these are used in combination together. And we also have our regular SSRIs, right? These stop the serotonin from being reuptaked back into the neurotransmitter, which um, will, the synapsis actually, which helps you to maintain a higher level of serotonin when you're depressed. So they work well. But if you have bipolar, you're not supposed to be mixing the two. Sometimes they do, but mm. if it's, if you're psycho- psychotic and, um, you're using any one of these drugs I'm talking about here and you're, and you're also, um, using drugs and alcohol. Oh boy. Oh goodness gracious. I've seen some crazy stuff yeah. on that. Even marijuana. Oh and my I don't gosh. even smoke weed, right? But this is, but marijuana can be very helpful, but it doesn't work for a psychotic patient. Okay. Just remember that. Oh, it does not. Okay. It, it can cause bad paranoia and outbursts and all kinds of crazy stuff. Seroquel is another outstanding drug for this for schizophrenia, bipolar. It's an antipsychotic. It helps induce sleep and it helps to reduce psychotic episodes and psychoses. Okay. Okay. Which is the, the crazy shit when somebody's just saying, Hey man, do you see like, you know, uh, God sitting over there with a beard oh, wow. and uh, he's looking at you. Yeah. And I think you're after me. Are you after me? You, you know, what are you looking at? What do you do? That kind of thing. Wow. Which is paranoia, okay. which is very, uh, you know, yeah. active. Debilitating. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Lamictal. That's oh, an anticonvulsant yeah. seizure medication that's used for bipolar and mood swings to help stabilize our mood. So when we were talking before about about people being um, having way too many emotions, being overly emotional, angry, agitated, so forth, crying and and you know screaming, whatever it may be, we need to stabilize our mood first right. before we can get re- dig dig in and start helping. And they're okay. impulsive. And they're impulsive. Right. And that's where they can be reactionary, run out and hurt themselves. And, but with Lamictal, there's this Lamictal rash. Have you ever heard of it? It's really, no. really bad. So, oh, my goodness. Although not that often or that frequent, it can be very huh. bad. And you have to oh really boy. be careful of that. because Just what you need. It's, it, oh, no, Lord. It's, no, it's a rash like hospitalization type rash <gasps> where like oh. it, your mouth shuts, your eyes shut. It's... Don't be frightened. Okay. Okay. Well, it happens I'm to some people. Not going to take it anyway. But, sure. Sure. And then um, another good one is Abilify. Now this is kind of like they mix Abilify with other medications in order to give them a bump up. Oh, okay. makes them work a little okay. harder. Okay. It's an antipsychotic as well. Um, it's good for schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, even Tourette's and psychoses. Mm. So the goal is here. Um, is, you know, bipolar depression, mood stabilizers, you know, you want to get through the first things that help the most and then move on to more aggressive measures, right? Some of them can have, agi- you can have agitation, dizziness and nausea and yeah. so forth. And that's why a lot of these people don't give it a chance. They they just sincerely just don't want to 
Go for it. You know, true, true. you're going to feel like a guinea pig in the beginning. You it's, you're going to need a little of this, and less than that. Mm-hmm. More than this, a little mm-hmm. more than that. You're seeing your therapist. We're working on it. Yep. You're exercising. We're eating right. We're lowering our caffeine. We're drinking hot tea. We're doing this. <laughs> we're doing that. Yes. We're talking. We're laughing. We're dancing. We're doing whatever the hell it takes to get through the day until we find peace. Yep. And it will create this momentum, right? And it will work. In the direction. Absolutely. It's, be patient. It be patient. Um, Absolutely. I don't know what you want to add, but I wanted to make sure to get yes. just these few you go things right ahead. in. Um, so uh, I don't know if we have time to talk about all the um, Golden Gate studies, but here's one important one. Um, Kevin Hines um, jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived. And now he... Um, you know, is working for suicide awareness and, and all that. Yeah. And one of the main things, I think it was, it was a TED Talk or, or something online, um, what really uh, stuck with me was because he still uh, struggles with yeah. suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, um, he said, don't believe all your thoughts. No, you're right. And, you know, yeah. wow, I never, like, sometimes you don't ever really stop and think about that. They're not all real. Nope. They are not all real. And here's another one. This is so important. Your thoughts don't have to become your actions. They can be passing thoughts. Yep, they come take go. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's really, like for me, really important. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good message. And also, I just wanted to say this one thing. So suicide doesn't end the chance of life getting worse. It eliminates the possibility of it ever getting better. It sure does. And I know, I've been there, you can't possibly imagine that it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, but it will. There's like no glimmer of hope. But I, I'm just saying, you know, in, in some ways you have to just wait it out. You know, well, like, and, and like you have a to lot work of at it. And well, yes, true. I, well, uh, let me say, be patient. Be patient. I yes, guess is one thing I'd want yes. to say. And keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, find what works for you to get you through the hours as you get mm-hmm. healed. Yes. But you work at it as hard as you yep. would work at a job, right? Uh, there's another aggressive therapy that's out there now. Um, ketamine. Oh, right. Ketamine. I wanted yes. to mention. Okay. This is put in. Um, your it's six full therapies. Um, huh. it's brought. It's put in through an IV. It's very expensive. It's cash only. I don't think it's covered by insurance at all. It's about three thousand dollars for six visits. This is your extremely bad, bad okay. patients that have a lot of trouble. And then there's fifty dollars sessions once a month after hmm. that, which is a booster. And this is. Very very similar, um, you know, you've heard of Special K and a date rape drug. That's what oh, this is. My and they use ketamine okay. to like, you know, on cats and dogs in surgery as well. Oh, So it's right up there. It's not huh. exactly hallucinogenic or anything like that, but you go into a deep euphoric-like feeling. Okay. Um, the, if you start getting paranoid, they can reverse it right away. This young lady I know, we'll call her um, Catherine. She has it done and hmm. it's cost, It's changed her life. Okay. Absolutely turned her into an entirely different person. Really? She comes from a wealthy family, so it's helpful that she does have that, you know, but <clears throat> there's like 1.6 milligrams per kilo, 0.6 milligrams to start, and then it goes down to 0.75 milligrams per kilogram of the um, medication in there. She also, though, is on Zoloft and Wellbutrin and Clonopin. So oh. 
Okay, so there's a lot going wow. on here, but this is the one thing that seems to change her. And the booster every month helps keep her really stable. She's a mother. She's going to school. She's homeschooling. She's gotten her life back. She had a long history of rape and trauma from the time she was eight years old. Mm. Um, she found herself sleeping around with a bunch of different men. She was in a boarding school, self-harm, suicide attempts with pills and so forth. She has none of those feelings or thoughts anymore at all. Wow. And another one I wanted to mention also. So ketamine is a new and upcoming thing. It's like that Oshwag therapy, you know, where they all trip out on LSD down in Mexico, (laughs) which no thanks. But for a lot of people, they seems to be very helpful because it changed the brain chemistry like they do with cluster headaches. They'll use LSD for cluster headaches. It seems to be very helpful with that as well. You'll see like businessmen and women using it. It's Mm -hmm. it's very helpful for them. And then electroshock therapy. Now, this is really interesting. (laughs) On the unit, I used to, with our severe really depressed patients or in major psychotic episodes would go to U of M and electric shock would turn them into somebody you didn't even know. Well, you know what I'm going to say is we need a whole podcast dedicated to that. That would be great. Because um, Douglas Block, who is a depression counselor and really helped me out, um, that was the final thing that had helped him. Did it? repeated episodes in the hospital, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, that was his last episode, I think was 2016. And he said that that just saved his life. We used to have a lady that would come on the unit, um, every couple of months. Um, cause not much change for her. She'd go off her medication and then she'd be back, be mm. back, be back, be back. She was in her seventies at this point. And when she would go to Ann Arbor, I mean, th- she would come up to the desk and scream, why are you killing my children? Oh, why are God. you this? Why are you that? She was so severely mentally mm. ill, um, bipolar with psychoses. And, you know, I can't believe this is happening. You're doing this to me. You're doing that to me. And then, um, she would go have electroshock therapy. I'd see her over at the grocery store because I worked in the same city. <laughs> Hey, how you doing, Peggy? Hi, I'm yeah, great. How are right. you? you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, of course, there are some stories that aren't so good. Yes. You know, no, when, and if plenty. we do have a, a separate podcast, you know, we'll, we'll go over that. Not everything has, you know, this great mm-hmm. outcome. But yeah, still, you know, it's it's one thing to look into these options. Mm-hmm. So. There you, are options. That's yeah. one thing I want to say to people. Yes. You please. know, you know, when you have this black and white thinking, you feel like there is zero option. No. There's just nothing. Mm-hmm. No hope. Nope. And yeah. there is. What did you say about almost everybody who attempted suicide? They were sorry that they did? Well, actually, all of them. So yeah. All, and I think there's more survivors since this was actually written. So all of the 29 survivors of the Golden Gate Bridge um, immediately regretted their decision. Mm-hmm. But here's another thing. I, I love this. Okay. So um, there was an article um, and it's the fate of suicide attempt survivors. Where are they now? Yeah. And um, so there were 515 people who intended to to jump from the bridge, but they were stopped. Who they studied, and um, well, so guess how how many? So what percent went on to actually kill themselves? So they were stopped at the bridge by yeah. someone or police or who knows? Maybe their own will. Yeah. So, um, so what do you, what percent do you think? I have no idea. This is really encouraging. Only 7% wow. went on to actually repeat wow. the act. So, you know, sometimes su- you know, suicidal ideation is chronic, mm-hmm. you know, but, but often 
it is a passing feeling, a passing emotion. Um, you know, so I think that's I think that's really hopeful when I read it that. It is I, really I, hopeful. I was, and I was really surprised by that too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because people will, you know, people will have somebody there to uh listen. Yes. Yeah. To help them listen and understand yeah. what they're going through. Yeah. You you want to talk about your brother a little bit? Oh, my brother Danny. Well, yeah. When when we're going to talk, he uh, we're going to play at the end at the outro his um, song. Uh, he has a whole list of really good funky tunes. Okay. And um, one of them is "Get Your Ass Up Off the Couch," <laughs> and I True. love that. Yeah, True. get your ass up off the couch and do mm-hmm. something about it. Which it's by his group called Coup de Trois. Dan has always had a band, no matter what. Dan's in his 60s, and even though he has a full-time job, is a full-time dude doing a regular job, he always has a band, doesn't make any money at it, but it doesn't matter, and he doesn't care. Right. You know, that's yep. what he does, and that's what he wants to do. So I, you know, strongly, you know, encourage him to keep doing that. I'm happy he does that, and I just feel so great for him and happy for him that he does that. Um So, you know, part of this podcast and everything that we've talked about today is that there is hope. Mm -hmm. There is an end to this. There is a way to have a better life. You have to work at it. You have to find the people. You have to fight for it. It is a passing thought. It is not a permanent thought. Every single person who has attempted suicide has said that. Yes. And uh, we are here today to tell you that there is hope. Um, I am Liz Life Guru. I'm out of Lapeer County. You can call me anytime. We have the suicide hotline number here. We'll have that on our Facebook page as well as the text number for those who like to text. Um, I'd like to thank Julie. Julie, my best Aww, buddy. Thank, thank you. you, Julie. Jessica, our engineer. This was a great podcast, and yes, there's so much more yep, to ta- uh, talk is, about. Right. Thank you, Podcast Detroit. And we're going to do our outro with my brother, Danny Holmes, and his great music from Coup de Trois. Get your ass up off the couch. Namaste, Namaste, girlfriend. (laughs) Namaste. Yes.
your mind free. 